Thank you for listening to sermons by Chaplain Braswell. This ministry desires to help people know and live for Christ through the preaching of God's Word. And now, today's message. Heavenly Father, as I was reminded this morning, this is not about me. This is about you. And without you, I can do nothing. But through you, all things can be done. So I ask at this time that you would cleanse me, that you would remove anything that may be in the way between you and I out of the way, that you would take me over, fill me with your spirit, speak through me to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So the London businessman, Lindsay Clegg, had this warehouse that he was trying to sell. And vandals had come and they had broken the windows, they had smashed the doors, they had put trash all in it. I mean, you can imagine the kind of warehouse that I'm talking about. Essentially, vagrants and people that were homeless and drug abusers and alcoholics were were living in and out of this building. And he finally had a buyer. And this buyer came to the site with him. And as they were going through, Clegg was making sure to tell him and assure him, look, I will replace the windows. I will replace the door. I I will fix any structural damage. And I will make sure we get this warehouse cleaned and ready to go for you. And the buyer looked at him and said, oh, don't worry about that. Don't bother with any renovations. I don't want the building." I'm going to build something entirely new. And the renovations and the restoration that God has in store for us is beyond what we can imagine and fathom. Us trying to fix ourselves and change ourselves, it amounts to about the same as trying to sweep the trash out of a ruined warehouse. See, it's New Year's Day, as I'm aware, and today there are a lot of people that will go home and they'll eat their black-eyed peas. Now you're hungry. You're going to be thinking about that the rest of the sermon, and that's okay because that's what I'm thinking about too. And you'll make those New Year's resolutions which will last about a week at best. But what we need to do my brothers and sisters, is to continue the resolution that we should constantly have, which is to keep our focus on Christ. Not focusing on the weight that we want to lose, not focusing on the bad habits that we want to break, but focusing on Him and letting Him do what needs to be done in us through His power. See, Chaplain Verdon had set me up last week. He didn't even know it. And he set me up very well. We're going to look at a few different scriptures today, but I want you to turn to beginning to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 15. Because the coming of the Messiah did not start 
that day when Christ was born into this world, 100% God and 100% man. The beginning of the story goes even before creation of this world. So as we're looking at that, and I'm going to read through from the New King James Version. I've got to take my glasses off because I'm at that age. For this reason, Christ is a mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. So does anybody remember the, the key point that Chaplain Verdon had last Sunday? What was the, the key takeaway? See, I was listening. <laughs> Praise the Lord, amen? That stuck with me. I mean, besides the fact you were hitting some of the verses I'm going to hit today, obviously. The key point that Chaplain Verdon had said was that Christ came to deal with sin. The main reason, the primary and really only reason that Christ came was to deal with sin. Now that the Messiah has come. God has to do with us. Right? Because you have the first covenant. When did the first covenant begin? When did it begin? Just... Okay? Okay? Adam and Eve. God's first covenant begins before sin, brothers and sisters. Because God didn't create this world and say, okay, well, you know, you're going to mess it up, so have a nice life. It was God brought us into existence to have that covenant with him, to have a covenantal relationship. Do you know what the, the basis of the covenant was, that first covenant with Adam and Eve before sin? It was pretty simple. It had one stipulation. Don't eat from the tree. That was it. It doesn't sound that hard. Most of us, when you're thinking about it, probably like, good grief, they couldn't do that one simple thing. Not as simple as it seems, though. And there are those that would say, well, all they did was eat this one piece of fruit. Why does God say, okay, well, you know, now we're going to launch into all this chaos. You have no idea what you've done, what you've started. But we're going to launch into this chaos. This world is, is going to be changed and it's going to be harder it's going to be rougher it's going you're going to struggle right so this covenant shifts and changes a little bit and where this covenant goes to is a point where god eventually has to lay it out for his people and say hey this is who i am this is my character and this is the law that shows you my character that points to who I am. And this covenant passes from patriarch to patriarch. It goes from Adam through Seth all the way to Noah. And then it goes through Abraham and Isaac and Israel that we know as Jacob. And it goes from there and it continues to go on through the patriarchs and the kings. And this, this covenant has changed to a point where there's God's law which points to his character. 
and shows us, hey, this is who I am. These are fundamental things that I will not compromise on. Period. That's it. To the point where he writes them in stone, hands them to Moses, who then goes down, gets angry, breaks the first set, has to go back up again. That's a whole other sermon, whole other story. But within that as well, you have the ceremonial law within that covenant. And each and every one of the feasts and festivals points to Christ. It, the whole point of this covenant is to remind them of the hope that they have. That God is saying, look, I haven't left you alone. Even though there's sin, even though there's this barrier between us, I already have a plan in place. Not only do I have a plan in place, but I'm going to continue to have a relationship with you. And we're going to have this, these seasons. We're going to have these feasts and these festivals that you're going to participate in because they're pointing you to my son. They're pointing you to the promised heir that I gave to you, that I promised to Adam and Eve, that I said he will crush the head of the serpent, that he would utterly defeat our enemy, and that his heel would be bruised. See, when we're looking at it, and Chaplain Verdon talked about this a little bit too, Passover clearly pointing to the perfect and spotless sacrifice that Christ would be, doing away with the animal sacrifices that pointed to the coming Messiah, and having one sacrifice once done for all, covering all sin. That you've got other feasts and festivals, the Feast of First Fruits was pointing to Christ after his resurrection and entering into the glory and saying, it's done. This covers it all. This will give the people a chance to have a close relationship with God. We have all these different things to the, to the Feast of the Tabernacles, which points to Christ's second coming. Because brothers and sisters, this is not our home. This ain't it. God never intended for us to have these struggles and for us to deal with all this pain and suffering that we are dealing with. And by the way, that pain and suffering has a purpose. It's to remind us that this is not our home. And God gives us his word to also remind us that, hey, while you're going through the pain and suffering, I'm still in charge. I've got you. Because God is doing a work in us. Amen? through this covenant, through what we've got going on. So this covenant, it wasn't just about rules. It wasn't just about ceremony. It wasn't supposed to be a religion necessarily, which is what it becomes. And then the law gets added to, which you know we have clear instruction and revelation not to do that. Um, but anyway, it was to be a picture to show us what the Messiah would do, who he would be, why he was coming, his whole purpose, which was, as we learned last week, to deal with sin. sin. 
the covenant is to set those boundaries in our relationship with God as he is dealing with us. Okay? So Christ comes, and it's a beautiful thing because while he could have come as this full-grown, gigantic man, I mean, just picture long hair flowing in, in the breeze, and he's just muscles everywhere, this picture of complete and awesome power. I'm awesome, honestly thinking He-Man in my, my head right now. But that's neither here nor there. He could have come like that. He could have come with the trumpets blowing, full-grown man, powerful. No one would be able to defeat him physically or in any way. That's not what he does. He doesn't come demanding the worship that he deserves. He comes as a simple babe, just like the rest of us, born to parents that were from one of the poorest towns in Israel, which, let's face it, was kind of like a truck stop today. Everybody just kind of had to go through there in order to get where they wanted to go to do trade. He's born in the humblest of circumstances for a reason. He does that to show us that our life is not about us. We're not supposed to be self-serving people. That's not what God created us to be. Sin comes in and it taints things and our focus goes from our relationship with God to what can we do? How can we be better than everybody else? So with this covenant, Christ comes and he fulfills it completely. He doesn't break the law at all, showing what the true character of God is in a living being that we could see, that we could touch. And then on top of it, he fulfills the ceremonial law by being that spotless lamb. He is the first fruits. All these things he fulfills with the promise to fulfill even the Feast of Tabernacles, where we will dwell with him. So in fulfilling the covenant, we can't just not have a covenant with God. It is a covenantal relationship. So Christ establishes a new covenant. The principles are the same. There is grace for sin. Sin can be forgiven. God is more than happy, more than willing to forgive us. The difference is we don't have to go through these rituals anymore. We don't have to go through priests. We don't have to go through leaders and elders who kind of mucked it up in the first place. We can come to God directly, as Paul says, boldly to the throne of grace. Because Christ has covered it all. This covenant is perfect. God has done it right. No big shock, no big surprise. Just as he promised. But we're the problem. <laughs> 
we're the ones who mess it up. And yet, He has made us inheritors. He has made us heirs to this kingdom that will be restored and established where we get to dwell with Him throughout eternity. So we have a covenant which is, is like the, the, front, the foundation. It's the, the base of this relationship with, with God where he is dealing with us. And as we continue, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Because we can't stay the way we are. Let's face it. We're, we're like that warehouse. We're broken and we're junky inside. We've got issues. God wants to restore us and he doesn't wait until we are home to do it. As a loving father, he is working on us now. And the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, the, the first Adam fell. That's where this thing gets messed up. As the covenant is broken, God had created Adam and Eve in his image. And that image gets distorted. It gets tainted because of sin. But Christ comes and he comes and he triumphs. Yeah. This was not an easy triumph either. Satan was there the whole way telling him, whispering him in his whispering in his ear, saying, "Oh no, no, you're not you're not worthy. You can't do this. You can't do that." The same things that he tells us every single day. Oh, you're too young to really affect the world. You're just one person. Or, you know, like me, you're too old. You can't hang with these young guys. Why would they listen to you? Satan gives us all sorts of excuses not to let God work in our lives. Right. But Christ didn't listen to one. He constantly and always was saying, and responding to Satan by saying, it is written. Brothers and sisters, when Satan is giving us excuses, we have the very reason we need to keep going with us on a daily basis. We are a rich nation. Every home has a Bible. Almost guaranteed. And we've got this rich treasure that tells us, no, I have called you. I will continue this good work. I will see this good work through that I have begun in you. I am with you forever and always. We don't have to do this on our own, brothers and sisters. We're not by ourselves. At the same time, the sin thing, it's, it's difficult. It's pesky because it... It leads us to say, oh, no, i got to take care of number one. I, if Maybe this is the first time you've heard this, and if it is, you know, I'm going to step on your toes. 
You're not number one. I'm not number one. We're not even second. Anybody ever heard of that movement, I am second? We're not second. We should be considering considering ourselves to be last. Christ calls us to be the least. To consider everyone else as more important than us. Their needs as being more important. We should be looking to the needs of others and our needs will get taken care of at some point because God will take care of Elijah in the middle of the drought. God made sure Elijah was fed, that he was taken care of. The Israelites, as they were going through the wilderness, their shoes, their sandals did not wear out and their clothes never wore out. Can you imagine that, having the same set of clothes for 40 years and they never go, they never wear out? God can take care of our needs. Our focus, as we are a new creation, should be outside of us. It should be on other people. It should be on raising them up. It should be on helping them in any way that we can. Because Christ says that we need to be born again. And he tells this to a Pharisee a Pharisee of the Sanhedrin who met him at night so that there would be no controversy. We can't stay the way we are. But God promises us that he will change us if we are willing to get out of the way. Too often we're getting out of the way. Well, I know what I need to do. I need to pray more and I need to do Bible study. Yeah, absolutely. But God speaks in many ways. Definitely through the Bible. And if we're praying and we don't feel like our prayers are going beyond the ceiling, have you ever had those prayers? Where it feels like you're praying the same thing? It's like, I don't even know if he hears me. But we're not always taking that time to listen. We want to be heard, but we're not always listening. God does speak through us to us through prayer. But sometimes he just speaks to us through other people. People we may not even expect. I started making my way back to Christ through a pagan girl that I dated who flat out told me, you're the most selfish man that I have ever met. She didn't believe in God, and yet God used her to put a mirror in front of me and say, you're not it, buddy. You messed up. That's what started me seeking. We have to keep our eyes open. We have to keep our ears open. We have to stay out of our own way. Get out of God's way. He knows what we need. We need to let Him do it. Let Him take care of it. Because our priorities as when we are in sin are messed up. Because we put ourselves first. And if we're lucky, we put family second. But first has always got to be God. Am I living for God? Is my purpose for God? Is what I'm doing going to honor and glorify Him? But even though we do the right things, we may not always do them for the right reasons. Because as Paul writes, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, 
I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. God gives us new priorities. He gives us new life. You're looking for a new new start today? We need to remember this first. Our new beginning is always in Christ. That is where our new beginning comes from. He gives us our new and true purpose. So we have a new life. He changes us. He makes he turns our focus from ourselves to others. But he doesn't stop there. That's that's like the framework. Turn to John chapter 13, we're at verse 34 and 35, and this is going to flesh the building out. This is going to give it its walls, its roof, everything else. I hear a few pages turning. That's it's all right. The Word of God says, A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, Where I am going you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. So the new commandment that God gives us, that Christ gives us, is to love each other. There's a story that I'd heard about heaven. This man has a dream, and he gets there, and there's this banquet table that's long, and it's huge in this huge hall. And there's all this wonderful food, and he can smell it, and he can't wait to taste it. And as they all sit down and they are served, they look at the utensils, and the forks and the spoons are about a yard long. And they start to try to feed themselves, but but it doesn't work. Can you imagine trying to feed yourself with a yardstick? It's it's really hard. And then finally, somebody gets this inspiration. They pick up their spoon, and they put some food on it, and they reach across the table to the person in front of them, and they start to feed each other. Love is taking the needs of the object of your love and making their needs more important than your own. And brothers and sisters, as God told me once, he has called us to do that with the entire world. Your commander, your first sergeant, even your sergeant major, everyone, without exclusion, Christ has called us to love all because we have been called to go We have been called to take this light that Christ has given us, this 
love and we are called to go into dark places where there are captives in prisons of their own design and making. And we are called to go in and say, you don't have to be here. We are called to put lights onto that situation to illuminate it so they can see the mire and the filth that they are living in. And we are called to lead them out to the Savior that can then clean them up. This is the command that he gives to us because this news is too important to be kept to ourselves. It must be shared. This world does not have to be the way that it is. It does not have, we don't have to be focused on ourselves. We can have the freedom to focus on other people yeah. and to love them, to show them a different way, to point them to the one that can make their life complete, that can fill that God-shaped hole that they know that they have. We are given by God a new character. As, he, as we begin to go out, the best way that he helps us to grow is by having us serve other people. Our character begins to shine more like his. But y'all, I'll be honest. This is hard. It's it's not easy, and it's not any different for me or Chaplain Braswell or Chaplain Runnels or Chaplain Burden. We we didn't all of a sudden get the you know get this great big helping of you know power and godly holiness. Amen. Our wives will testify. <laughs> it's not easy, but Christ gives us an authority. Because he says to his disciples, all authority has been given to me under heaven, and I give it to you. Do you understand what that means? Christ talks about if we have the faith the size of a mustard seed that we can move mountains, brothers and sisters, we can heal the infirmed. We can cast out demons. We can do a number of things because Christ has given us the authority. Too often, we get in the way. Too often, we let Satan whisper in our ear going, Are you crazy? You can't do that. We can't. Christ can. And Christ is with us. Brothers and sisters, I I firmly believe that Christ is coming soon. And we will see amazing things as that time is drawing closer. We will see miraculous things that have not been seen in so many times, so long. Centuries. Things that honestly are happening in other places. Africa. India. Places we would 
characterizes third world areas. They're happening there. And this is happening. We do this because we're not perfect and we don't need to be perfect. Because brothers and sisters, when God sees you as we are in this covenant with him, he sees Christ as he is perfect. We wear his righteousness before God. But I don't know about you. I don't want to be the guy I see sometimes in the mirror. And God is willing to change us. He's willing to mold our character to be more like his, to take the broken pieces, the shattered pieces of our lives, and to mold them into something beautiful, something wonderful, something functional. He's more than happy to do that if we allow it. Because we're going to a better place. Our home, not being in this world, is a place where God's creation will be restored. It will be a place without pain, without struggle, without PCS. Where we won't have to say goodbye and wonder if we'll ever see someone again. It'll just be, hey, God's calling me to do this. I'll see you later. Because we know that person will always be there. Death will be no more. Sin will be no more. I can't wait. I don't know about you. The way has been prepared. Let us accept the new covenant. We have accepted the new covenant. May God sanctify us. We have accepted that we are a new creation. Let us keep our focus on the kingdom. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you because we know that you have set the way before us. We pray that you would help us to not get in our way. You would help us to focus on you and your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.